Fishing for a show aimed at the outdoor enthusiast? Tune in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, Saturday at 10 a.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern on Rural Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 147, and on the Sirius XM app. Welcome in to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, brought to you by Bass Pro Shops. If you love fishing, hunting, and the great outdoors and want to make it even better, you're in the right place with host Rob Keck. Your adventure starts right here. Good morning and welcome and thanks for tuning into Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, brought to you by Bass Pro Shops, where truly your adventure starts right here. I'm Rob Keck, your host, and in spite of of the COVID-19 restrictions. I hope that you're having a wonderful Saturday, social distancing in the great outdoors. Hey, as turkey seasons around the country widen down into the final days, I can tell you the fishing continues to heat up, and that includes bow fishing. There's lots of action out on the water and in the woods all across the country, and that means before you head to the woods or out on the water, you got to stop on by Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's, where you're going to find the latest gear at the very best prices on everything that you'll need for fishing, boating, and hunting, and even more. Yes, even with uh, customer number limitations in some stores and some with reduced hours, let me tell you, we're open for business. And you can always order from our catalog and online at BassPro.com and Cabela's.com. Well, look, we've got a great show today, two outstanding guests. Our first guest, uh, he's been with us before, an award-winning television host, a bow and spear hunter, and he's a book author and... I can tell you, he is as great of an instinctive shooter as anybody I know, and that's Tim Wells. Also joining us uh, is another TV host from another award-winning show, Chuck Belmore, the co-host of the award-winning television show, The Habit, seen on Sportsman's Channel. And as you continue to make your outdoor plans, everything you need for fishing, bow fishing, boating, kayaking, shooting, archery, hiking, outdoor cooking, and so much more, it all can be found at Bass Pro Shops, Cabela's retail destinations across the U.S. and Canada, and of course, online and in our catalogs. There you can find personal advice in picking up the right tent, uh, sleeping bags, kayaks, coolers, cookware, footwear, clothing, and so much more to help you enjoy the great outdoors. And I can tell you, you're going to find the best deals of the year anywhere right there at Bass Pro Shops Cabela's for everything outdoors. I also want to mention that last month, uh, Johnny Morris generously donated 1 million FDA-approved masks. He and our Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's team members, our outfitters, partnered with the Convoy of Hope to identify recipients and distribute the masks to every U.S. community with a Bass Pro Shops or Cabela's store, boat center, distribution center, a White River Marine Group manufacturing facility in more than 200 communities. And as the shipments arrive across the country, our outfitters personally are delivering and have delivered masks to local hospitals and medical facilities. And we salute and continue to be prayerful for the frontline medical professionals around the nation and certainly worldwide. Well, to get us started today, I want to introduce a crazy bow hunting animal, and I can tell you that that comes with the highest, utmost respect. In fact, he's famously quoted saying, I'm the guy they say is crazy. And you know what? I think it's probably true. He's the most recognized instinctive hunter in the world and primitive spear and blowgun hunting expert. He's the author of Demon in the Dark and host of America's number one bow hunting show, Relentless Pursuit, on Sportsman's Channel. Please welcome, welcome back to Outdoor World, my wild and crazy friend, Tim Wells. Tim, welcome back to Outdoor World. Thanks for joining us today. Rob, you've interviewed me 20 times, and every time you always leave out extremely good looking. <laughs> oh, man. I, I wrote, did, I not, did, did they not write the script for you? You got to just read it the way we send it to you. <laughs> well, you didn't send it to me. <laughs> oh, okay. Tim, with, uh, with your home state of Illinois virtually shut down, You know, since the COVID-19 outbreak, you know, gosh, I can't imagine what you guys are doing. You seem to be restricted on doing anything. I know you've sent me some pictures. You guys have, uh, you've certainly been doing some social distancing outdoor. Tell us about it. Yeah, I've been uh, sneaking around in the woods a little bit, and uh, it's been pretty good doing a little fishing and a little blow gunning. The other night I shot a... uh, uh, actually broke the world record, which was six pounds. Now it's 46 pounds. Shot a paddlefish with my blowgun, and uh, that was an epic evening. I was shooting no uh, 
shad on, on top of the water with my blowgun having fun, and all of a sudden this huge beast came up and came along the surface, and I drove a, uh, a dart right behind the dorsal fin, and 20 minutes later we gaffed that monster and threw it up on the boat. So that was pretty epic. Last night we, uh, or this, uh, yesterday afternoon, we put him on the, the smoker and, and uh, cooked him up, and that was pretty cool. So I haven't been doing a little bit. You know, it's funny. You say, uh, oh, man, how are you making any interesting shows or whatever? People will ask me when through this whole epidemic. But I can tell you, uh, I can go out and shoot frogs with my blowgun or go shoot carp with the Oneida. And my ratings seem to go higher than if I'm in the middle of uh, Mozambique hunting Cape Buffalo. It's just, you know, people like to see, uh, see us do things that they can identify with. You know, they'd rather watch you uh, call in a fan a turkey up to 10 yards than they would someone else be in bangladesh chasing crocs or something so uh we're we're doing quite well and yeah everything's worked out good well but it sounds like i'm ready i'm ready to go to a local cafe and have a cup of coffee tell you the truth yeah i hear you i hear you well (laughs) yeah obviously then this covid crisis hasn't impacted your ability to produce some television shows or at least some segments for online stuff tell us about what you're doing to you know, to fill the content you've got to have on Sportsman Channel. Well, currently, I uh, I've got a lot of platforms. Not only with the Sportsman Channel, but I'm now I'm doing uh, the Facebook videos, and so I'm reviving a lot of the old content I have uh, that people love. And uh, there's millions and millions of people out there that haven't seen every show, so. Uh, we're putting it on Facebook and we're loading it on YouTube. We're now the largest YouTube uh, provider for hunting, uh, bow hunting stuff. And uh, that's going great guns, adding 10,000 subscribers a month. And uh, so I've I, I'm been pretty busy with that. And I, I had an archive build up of 20 brand new shows that haven't even aired yet. Uh, hopefully that gets me through, you know, but oh, wow. this virus is, uh, you know, there's mixed yeah. emotions about it. And I got friends that are, uh, you know, well, we, a lot of us look at it different than the way Illinois is laying it out for us. And I, I illustrated one thing and, you know, love me, hate me, whatever. I just tell you the way I see things. But I look at this thing like, hey, it, you know, it's like Africa. You look at the wildebeest and they come down to the edge of the river and the crocodiles are right in front of them, you know, and they know that if they go in that water, there's a risk. But they also know that if the entire herd stands around on the bank for the next three months, they are all going to perish as one. And uh, I believe in my heart that it's time to go into the river and get let's start crossing because, you know, uh, freedom isn't free. Yeah, let me stop you right there. We've got to take this next break, but I want to come back to that very thing. We're going to continue this conversation with Tim Wells. This and a whole lot more coming right up. And I'm Rob Kank, your host here in Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, and we will be right back. Embrace the rustic elegance of a bygone era at Big Cedar Lodge. Located 10 miles south of Branson, Missouri, Big Cedar Lodge is a masterpiece that brings together natural beauty and contemporary luxury. Visitors are invited to explore and experience some of the most popular amenities here. At Big Cedar Lodge, you'll find casual dining options in an unparalleled atmosphere, with signature dishes and local favorites highlighting classic menu items. Take in spectacular views at Devil's Pool, live entertainment at the Buzzard Bar, or relax at Truman Coffee and Cafe, all surrounded by the natural ambiance of the Ozark Mountains. One of the newest additions to the property is Cedar Creek Spa. This 18,000 square foot world-class spa is a private oasis with soothing pools, fireplaces, and a full-service salon. In addition to the complete spa experience, there are private suites available. All of these features make Big Cedar an ideal destination for weddings, corporate gatherings, and more. Families have been visiting Big Cedar Lodge for generations looking to experience what many call a little piece of heaven on earth. To learn more, visit BigCedar.com or call 1-800-BC-LODGE. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And welcome back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, and thanks for joining us here. And we're having a fun visit, visiting with book author and the host of America's number one bow hunting show, 
Relentless Pursuit on Sportsman's Channel, my good friend Tim Wells. Tim, you said it's time to jump into the river. Take it from there. Yeah, I would say it's time to get into the river. But, you know, if we all go into the river, I might be the first guy that gets gets snapped up by a crocodile. But if that's the case, you know, don't be writing me and telling me I told you so. But I just <laughs> believe that, uh, uh, you know, yeah, there's some risk, but we also know who's at risk now, and we know we can keep those people at home, and we can, uh, if we are at risk, we can stay away from the people that have the threat of dying if they get this stuff. And I, I, I'm just worried that a lot of common sense has gone out the window on this one, and uh, I yep. hope it doesn't come back to haunt us while China is going booming right now and going great guns and building military and so on and so forth. I think we need to get back in the game and, and get after it. All my friends uh, throughout the hunting industry and just throughout the country that have businesses, uh, uh, I'm sure they're taking it on the chin like a lot of folks. And uh, it's time to uh, take our risk, man, and get in the water. I, I hear you. And I think uh, many of our listeners feel exactly the same way. Well, spring turkey season just closed in Illinois. And uh, uh, you mentioned something about headshot gobblers. Tell me about that. What was that like? Man, you know, we we said we're going for the headshots this year, and I've had a, a great track record with turkey recovery with a bow and arrow, and that's because I've always shot for the head, and I got my pro staff to do the same way this year, and we had some fun, I'm telling you. We missed some gobblers because that head, when you think it's going to finally hold still, they'll <laughs> bob to the left or bob to the right, and that arrow will go on past and make you look like a fool, but in the end, we harvested some big toms. We shot some birds that uh, came right up to the decoy, and and it was pretty pretty exciting. We by doing that, we have to let them get close. When I say close, we set the decoys within ten yards, and mm-hmm. so that bird's right there in front of us. And uh, we captured some really interesting video and caught some really cool audio of the different noises and and things that you may not have heard if you were, you know, shooting them at 20 yards when they came in with a gun. But in the end, we cut some great video, some funny stuff, and uh, got some big birds, and I've got some uh, turkey breast in the freezer. So it worked out awesome. I want to see that. Now, you said you did that with a a bow and arrow. Have you done it with a blow gun? Have you done it with a blow gun? I've only been able to do it in one place in Mexico where it was legal, but I sure hope they make primitive weapons legal on turkeys because I want to spear one as well. So that's coming. <laughs> you know, instinctive shooters like yourself are a distinct minority compared to those of us that use sights and, and to help us make our shots. Tell us how you mastered uh, the lead on, on moving game or just how do you master becoming an instinctive shooter? You know what? Uh, shooting a bow instinctively is a lot like a quarterback throwing throwing the pill down downfield. Man, you you just uh, after you make the shot, sometimes you'll scratch your head and go, "Wow, how did I do that?" You know, you've already instinctively trained your brain to automatically lead, like a guy would throw a football at a running uh, receiver. You know, so but that takes literally thousands and thousands of repetition shots, you know, and I, as a kid, I was more in, interested in shooting at something flying through the air than I was shooting at my target. So mm-hmm. me and the neighbor kids, they'd throw stuff up in the air and I'd shoot flu flus at them that grandpa built for me. And over time, uh, I got a little better at it than I was. And, and I got better and better as it went along. And, and then when I tried sites, I was like, I don't need these. So I stuck with my, uh, my uh, childhood uh, passion of instinctively shooting, and it's carried on through the compounds and now into Oneida, which is probably one of the best bows ever built for an instinctive shooter. And, uh, you know, it's just, uh, it panned out good. Well, well my kids you know, are doing the same thing. They're shooting instinctive with me. Sydney will use sights, but she goes to instinctive when she's shooting fish or birds flying, and Clint, he's pure instinctive, and I hate to admit it, and hopefully he doesn't hear the show, but um, I think he's better <laughs> than I am. <laughs> Well, you just mentioned your grandfather, and I know we last uh, did a show together. You talked about your start in bow hunting and mentors and people that influenced your lives, but your grandfather, Archie, was a special man. Tell us how he influenced your savvy hunting. You know what? My my grandpa, I think, loved me more than any anyone alive, and uh, I as a child, you can sense that love, you know, and I was drawn to my grandpa 
through that. He loved baseball. He loved uh, hunting, and uh, he loved duck hunting more than anything. But he also liked shooting a bow and arrow, and uh, he built me a bow as a real small kid. Matter of fact, with that bow that he had carved out of uh, limbs out that he cut out of the trees and built homemade arrows with tin roof broadheads on them. The first one I ever launched at an animal that I killed was his uh, banny rooster that come running around the edge of the chicken house and slocked him right through the neck. So he uh, he en- embraced it when it happened and, and took pictures of me. And, I mean, he was proud that I'd killed his prize rooster. But, you know, <laughs> that's just a, that's to illustrates a little bit of the, the love that he shared with me. And his passion grew on me, and we laid in the muddy cornfields in the rain, happy as a lark, shooting mallards. And, uh-huh. you know, uh, cool. it was just uh, he embedded that love of hunting, and bow hunting was just a big part of it. But more than anything, it was just the love that Grandpa gave me. And, uh, mm. you know, I miss him. I look forward to seeing him again one day. Yep. Well, you've mentioned that you've mastered a new blowgun. Tell us about that. Well, we're about to release release it. It's exciting. I patented the Fishhawk blowgun, and it's basically a blowgun tethered with a, a braided line on a nice reel, and it's got eyes on the blowgun like a fishing pole, and you just basically shoot it like a, a bow and arrow. You launch that blow dart into a fish, set your drag light, and hang on, brother. And, uh, man, it's catching on. We're building them here in Illinois, and uh, as fast as we can get them out the door, they're they're going. And kids and adults are just having a blast with these things. But, you know, you can't shoot a great white with it, but you can sure shoot gator gator gar or stuff like that on the river and and have the time of your life. It's a a really fun way to go. Well, I can't wait to see one. I want to get my hands on one of these and my lips around that that end of the blowgun and uh you know i I just can't even imagine what you're just described on here and uh where can people get them well i'm hoping that we can get through this virus stage so that manufacturing can begin and i can get them into bass pro so once that is accomplished Bass Pro currently carries my Slockmaster blowgun, which is uh, going great guns. Uh, you could actually look at my videos or whatever online and build your own until that point when I can get you a professional one in your hands. But as All soon right. as we get through this virus, we're going we're gonna to fill the stores, and they, I've got amazing darts to go with them. So once they go in the fish, they don't come out, and you can reel them in. So uh, it's cool. coming, man. It's coming. It's Good. kind of a new Good. thing, so we're trying to get her going. Can't wait. Well, look, we're going to take our next break. We return, going to continue our exciting conversation with this instinctive bow hunter, Tim Wells. This and a whole lot more coming right up. And I'm Rob Kenke, host here in Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. Thanks for joining us, and we will be right back. Years ago, sportsmen led the first revolt to save what was left of North America's dwindling wildlife resources, and it took purpose and commitment. This crusade began with Theodore Roosevelt's forming the Boone and Crockett Club in 1887. Since then, sportsmen and women have been at the forefront of every environmental revolution in this country, providing the vision, funding, and manpower to establish and run what has become the most successful system of wildlife management in the history of mankind. Yet to this day, our story remains relatively unknown, especially to those who don't hunt or fish. We must tell this story, but we need to do more than that. We must insist that others who claim to be conservationists but work tirelessly on campaigns to end all hunting honestly examine the evidence and then ask themselves where would the wildlife they cherish be without sportsmen's dollars and without sportsmen's efforts. Conservation had a beginning, but it has no end. To learn more, visit booneandcrocketclub.com. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And welcome back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, and thanks for joining us here. And we're having a fun visit, visiting with book author and the host of America's number one bow hunting show, Relentless Pursuit on Sportsman's Channel, my good friend Tim Wells. Tim, another mention that uh, you made was something about Texas rattlesnakes. Uh, I can't even imagine what that might be. How about filling us in? <laughs> My home away from home, rattlesnake heaven, man. I'll tell you, you get down to South Texas, there's two places near the Tilding, Heather, where I go with Brother Buck 
and then another spot down near the King Ranch where rattlesnakes are around every bush. And uh, we did some uh, rattlesnake hunting this year and got some spectacular footage of rattlesnakes in their their home environment. And we did a cooking segment and stuff. But uh, I did a little research this year on these snakes, a little of my own, and I decided I'm going to dissect these guys and see what they've been eating. And, man, uh, it was uh, amazing what I found. Everything from baby rabbits to lizards and birds, these guys are uh, pretty good hunters. So uh, I got my blowgun out, went down there, and shot a couple big rattlesnakes right out of the gate and uh, got them skinned. Now I'm going to put those skins on my uh, blowguns as decorative. And uh, you can take a rattlesnake. He's pretty easy. Once you cut his head off and make him harmless, you take that. That, that carcass and you take your knife and split his belly from the tip of his neck all the way down to the tip of his tail and then you can just grab that skin and it'll peel off there easier than a catfish which makes a beautiful you can tack it out and dry it and then you can varnish it a little bit or you can even have it tanned then you yeah. got the rattles on there and then the carcass is about I would guess 60% meat and uh, you can dice it up into sections and put a lot of guys like to barbecue them. I like to put mine on the Cabela smoker and barbecue mine uh, with seasoning. And another good way is you cut it up in little pieces and deep fry it. And uh, man, it's like, it's, it's as good as frog legs. Yeah, so, there you go. Well, yeah. those are diamondbacks, I would assume. And how, yeah, how yep. what, what's, tell us what a long di- Texas diamondback might be and how many rattles, what's the most rattles you've seen on one? You know, there's a, there's, I've heard, and I don't know the facts about it, but the the, the number of uh, rattles does not correlate to their age. But uh, I've killed them with as many as 11, and that was a pretty long rattle. But it wasn't a particularly really big snake. But a lot of these snakes, depending on the food source, if the rat numbers are high, you may kill a snake that's five and a half foot long, which is a pretty good-sized snake. And he could be as big around as a baseball bat at the end, you know. So mm-hmm. it's all comes down to the time of year and what the rat numbers are the rabbit numbers uh and a big mature rattlesnake can eat an entire rabbit it's pretty amazing i shot a rabbit one time with a bow and it it ran off at last light and so i i just started walking ahead i knew he wouldn't go far and there he was he had ran under a tree and in that short time span between when I had shot him and waited a few minutes and then went looking for him, a rattlesnake had found him. I don't know if he had picked up on the trail and followed him or just uh, caught him, but he had half ingested that, that rabbit. And that was, that was the first time I ever realized that a big, big snake can eat an entire rabbit. They'll actually wait for their, their uh, prey, bite their prey a lot of times and not hang on. They'll just bite them, and a rabbit can be bitten, run off and die, and the snake has the ability to track the rabbit, and he will follow the trail to his victim where he'll find it laying dead from the snake bite and, and then devour it. It's, they're, they're, they're quite amazing, but they are also, uh, you know, they're deadly if you don't know what you're doing. I hunt them with snake boots on, and uh, there's particular places that you can find them. Another good way to find them is I drive the sandy trails, especially down near the King Ranch, and you'll find their tracks going across. A rattlesnake doesn't travel a long ways day in and day out. I mean, they go relatively a small distance. So if you can find a fresh drag in the sand, you can follow it uh, Mm -hmm. back and forth, and a lot of times you'll find them. And they'll light up when you get close, so they're not that hard to find once you get close. Well, as you mentioned, you spend a lot of time in Texas. Uh, You know, I think one of the wildest critters down there are nilgai. And so, you being the spear chucker, i got to ask you, have you ever taken a nil guy with a spear? I have. That's a sore subject, and I'm, I'm sure you, that's why you brought it up. But uh, <laughs> I have sat, Rob, literally for 10 years, I have sat in the trees near water. They don't come to bait. 
So I've sat near water where they have to water, and I've sat on fence crossings where they may cross randomly. And to this day, I haven't got to throw at one. I've had them walking all around me, but they are like an awe dad. They have a sixth sense about them. And for some reason, I cannot get one within 10 yards. Shot one uh, earlier this year with a, a bow and arrow, and, and uh, man, what a what a beautiful uh, animal he was. And the meat is amazing. They're about a 400-pound critter. Uh, but just keen-eyed and smart and elusive and scared to death of their own shadow, they are one tough ombre to take with a spear. But you know what? I like hunting things that are hard to kill, and so I'm not going to give up until I uh, kill one one of these days, or maybe they'll beat me at life. Yeah. Well, look, we are just out of time. I've got so many other questions. I know our people just love hearing about these unbelievable shots, crazy unbelievable shots, shooting bumblebees in flight, grizzlies between the eyes with a bow or a grizzly with a spear. And we'll just have to come back and talk more about that. But how about just 10 seconds of final thought? Well, I just wish everybody the best of luck through this uh, virus that we're going through here. Uh, stand your ground on your beliefs, though, and don't cower down to what. One thing I would say, Rob, if something in your life doesn't feel right, when I'm in the woods if hunting dangerous game, if something doesn't feel right, generally speaking, it's not. So yeah. go with your gut instinct. Great. Great words. Tim, we're out of time. Thanks for being with us today. Congratulations on, you know, your number one bow hunting television show, your books, uh, your excitement that you share with bows, spear, blow guns. Good luck. Safe travels. Folks, we return to meet up with Chuck Belmore, the co-host of the award-winning television show, The Habit, seen on Sportsman's Channel. This and a lot more coming right up. And I'm Rob Keck, and you're listening to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. And we will be right back. Sirius XM's Rural Radio is your guide to the agricultural markets. Where expert analysts and traders join our discussion live. Your information. Open up the farm and the challenges we face. You can learn how to do it for yourself. Rural Radio, your gateway to the rural lifestyle. The latest information about hunting, fishing, and more. Rural Radio is the leader in Western sports. We talk about the latest in Western sports. Professional rodeo, bull riding. Sirius XM's Rural Radio. 147. Or listen on your phone when you get out of your car with the Sirius XM app. In 1912, Theodore Roosevelt said, There can be no greater issue than that of conservation in this country. More than a century later, his statement has never been more meaningful. The Theodore Roosevelt Conservation Partnership promotes Roosevelt's commitment to the sporting life by guaranteeing that all Americans have quality places to hunt and fish. Visit trcp.org to learn more and take action. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And welcome back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. And we have, if you've just tuned in, we're introducing our next guest. Well, I can tell you Chuck Belmore is a passionate hunter, a passionate angler, and even maybe more than anything, a real passionate bow fisherman. He's the co-host of the award-winning television show The Habit that airs on Sportsman's Channel. And I can tell you that he, along with his partner, uh, John Justice, along J.P. Morris, I mean, they brought bow fishing to television and just opened up this world to so many people. Well, he's the real deal in the great outdoors. Some of you may remember, may remember he's been with us before. Please welcome George's Chuck Belmore. Chuck, thanks for returning. Thanks for being here on Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. Thanks for joining hey, us. Hey, Rob. Thanks for having me, man. I look forward to it. I love what you guys do, and I just appreciate the opportunity to come back and sit for a little while and and uh, shoot the shoot the bull with you guys. I enjoy it, and uh, you know after these after turkey season just shut down last week, I've I've still got the blues, but uh, I'm just ready to talk about it now since we can't go do it. Well, we will here in just a minute, but uh, you know, in spite of or maybe because of the COVID nineteen, you were telling me the other day that this was the first time that you, in a long time, that you were able to hunt George's entire turkey season, which ran from March 20th to May 15th, a uh, little bit different for somebody that travels a lot, films a lot. What was it like to sort of be grounded there uh, in your home state of Georgia for that whole period of time? Well, you know, it was almost like stepping back in time. Um, I haven't actually got to turkey hunt as much this year 
uh, or uh, as in the past as I have this year in my home state since I was probably 14 or 15 years old. You know, I grew up in, in northwest Georgia, and luckily for me, uh, my parents' house, where I, the one I grew up in, was very close to Paulding Forest there. And we always had anywhere from twelve to 15,000 acres of public land and uh, always had a four-wheeler. And every day, at, you know, if we were out during spring break, I'd hunt that whole week just because you could go out and get on a four-wheeler and leave their house. And within 15-minute four-wheeler ride, I had twelve to 15,000 acres I could just run wild on. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, we would hunt every day before school. And, and if we got home at early enough, you know, we'd hunt after school. Um, thank goodness back then I didn't realize uh, how many turkeys you could shoot in the afternoon because uh, I would hunt it every day then after school if I'd have known. But, uh, you know, it, this year it kind of it took me back to that. And, and with the kids being out of school, I got to hunt a lot with my kids. And it was just uh, – I know it's been a, a, a bad thing for a lot of people, but for us, it was just almost like a blessing. I mean, it needed us, give us that little bit of retouch of what it used to be like. Yeah, well, no doubt for those of us that are used to traveling to multiple states to turkey hunt each spring, uh, you know, the lockdown from COVID, you know, prohibited much of that travel. But did your approach to turkey hunting change now that you had all this time at home? And were there any takeaways from this unusual spring season? It, it was. You know, like you said, we, we didn't get to go to Kentucky. We didn't get to go to Nebraska. Um, I snaked in early on the Kansas deal, so I actually got to, to follow the guidelines. And we did get to hunt Kansas for a couple of days. But but the, it was just wild for me to, um, to kind of make a few mental notes, you know, like, like we were talking about before. It was just watching the the amount of gobbling and the turkey activity, you know, um, that you don't get to kind of ride the roller coaster. And this year, we started at the beginning, you know, and rode it all the way to the end, and we kind of got to, to ride it out. And, and for me, you know, you always like to think that um, those days you're at work and it's just a beautiful bluebird day and, and you know you walk outside of the office or you walk outside off the job site and you're like god i wish i was turkey hunting today and not a stupid job you know because you think everybody's they're just gobbling like crazy well the, this year i found out some of the prettiest bluebird days the turkeys didn't hardly say a word and yeah. you know some of the days it was overcast and and uh, this looks like it was bottom was about to fall out of it they were going crazy so yeah. uh, i think you said it best numerous times the best time to go turkey hunting is the times you can go you bet you just when you can well you know you mentioned here just early on uh, here in the show and and uh i know when we were talking the other day that uh you're suffering from the post-turkey season blues, and I know for many, uh, that withdrawal is, you know, it, it's pretty unreal. Tell us what it's like to be in, in uh, that withdrawal period here in the post-turkey season. You know, I think as men, we, we do things, and we don't realize how much creatures of habit that we really are, um, but, but it's like we go through this cycle every year, you know, before either whatever hunting season, whether it's waterfowl, deer, turkey, boat fishing, you know, you've got that excitement period of, of going and, and buying all the stuff that you think you're going to need and, you know, and, and getting everything together and getting a plan and securing some property. And then you go and do it, and it's just like this whirlwind. And then all of a sudden, the last day of the season gets here, your truck is the inside of it's covered with hunting stuff. It's trash, <laughs> you know, and your wife and kids are like, oh my gosh, you know, I'll take care of this stuff. And then you open the garage door and there's decoys in the floor and, you know, four wheelers leaking gas. And you're like, well, I guess here we go. We got to start putting Humpty Dumpty back together again, you know, because you just, you just kind of go into that mode of wide open. Yeah. And then once it's over, it all hits at once. You know, one of the things that uh, has happened, as you pointed out, you know, many people that uh, were out of work during this time and still out of work, uh, they were hunting, they were fishing. Did you see an increase in the number of hunters on uh, the places that you hunted, possibly public yeah. lands? Oh, tremendously, you know, and it's a, as a turkey hunter, you know, you always, it's a love-hate relationship. You know, if you pull up to a gate at a piece of public property, you, you hope to goodness you're the only one there, but at the same time, you know, we need uh, new hunters and, and, and hunter, you know, recruitment out here uh, and going. So this year it was kind of an eye-opener. You know, a lot of the places that I hunt usually see one or two trucks. This year you pull up and there's five or six trucks. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, I just contributed to the fact that, like you said, there's just a lot of people were out of work. And 
what better social distancing than getting out there and, and walking through the woods and trying to shoot a turkey. So we can't be mad at them. But I think a lot of people got their eyes open to hunting public land. And, and I hope that, you know, some of them had success and, and maybe it's going to lead to an increase and in maybe securing some more land in the future or just outdoor, you know, activity all over. Because yeah. people just didn't have anything to do. You know, one of the things I found when I was growing up turkey hunting in Pennsylvania, when you'd see a half dozen trucks at one place, if you were going to kill a turkey, you had to learn how to do it in the crowd. And, you know, I found that it seemed like the more guys were in the woods, the harder it was to kill a turkey. And, uh, you know, a lot of times when you put more people in the woods, it really works to the turkey's advantage opposite to what some people said man they're just going to wipe them out well look we're going to take we're going to take our uh, next break of the show and we return going to continue our visit with chuck right here on bass pro shops outdoor world this rob Keck, and we will be right back we all have it whether it was passed down from our fathers or grandfathers we knew it was there inside us that need that longing to walk among the wild But it's more than just our love of the outdoors that keeps us coming back. It's knowing we serve a purpose to give more than we take. That we're here to carry on a legacy and become stewards of our wildlife. This place embodies that legacy with over a mile and a half of walkable trails and 35,000 live fish, mammals, reptiles, amphibians, and birds to teach and inspire. Stop and you'll feel it. Listen and you'll hear it. Asking you to share the wonder. The Wonders of Wildlife National Museum and Aquarium. Share the wonder. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And we are back. And thanks for tuning into Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. If you've just tuned in, we're talking to Chuck Belmore, the co-host of the award-winning television show, The Habit, that airs on Sportsman's Channel. You know, Chuck, one silver lining of this COVID crisis uh, was that, you know, there are more kids than ever exposed to outdoor activities, fishing, hunting, hiking. I mean, you name it, because the closure of organized team sports like baseball and soccer any observations uh, on this from your perspective well as a father you know i I monitor my kids social media and and it's really been an opener for me during this whole crisis of how many kids are looking for something to do outside Mm -hmm. um you know if you if you pay attention to social media you see them they're out fishing. Like you said, they're out hunting. Um, but, but they're also just out stomping around in the woods, you know, um, looking for mushrooms. They're out just looking for something to do, playing outside for a change instead of being on video games. And it's funny because that's what they're posting on their stories and on TikTok and on their Instagram feeds is that they're out riding four-wheelers with their friends or they're out, you know, stomping around in the creek looking for crawdads. And that's just been something for me that's like, a breath of fresh air, you know, because we were, it just felt like we were headed in the wrong direction for the outdoors because, you know, everything you read is uh, we're losing hunters and we're losing fishermen and the, and the, the lack of, of license sales every year. I'm just hoping that uh, as a positive thing that comes out of this is that we'll get to get a lot of the youth back outside and, and get them enjoying the outdoors. Amen. Amen. We've seen that real spike uh, in a lot of states with uh, fishing license sales and a lot of reports on new hunters out there as well. Well, you know, Chuck, you and many other resourceful, creative, ingenious hunters in the woods, uh, you know, having huge amounts of time to explore this spring, to explore, to think during those hunts. You know, sometimes uh, that's the mother of invention when you're uh, given that time and you try to improvise, especially when things aren't always working out the way they had in the past. Do you think there are any new products or equipment uh, for the future that might result from this? I think so. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. People have had so much time this spring um, to stay kind of out of the hustle and bustle that we've been in in the last 10 years. You know, that whirlwind we were talking about. Um, there's been a lot of guys I believe that I know in my circle, um, that actually got to sit in the woods. If the turkeys wasn't gobbling, they just sat down and, you know, deer hunted them and waited them out. And it wasn't 
the fact that that's really how they wanted to hunt, but they had nothing else to do. They didn't have a job that they had to rush back to. (laughs) So they sat down and, and like I said, a lot of that ingenuity and, and, and drive comes from a free mind, you know, and, and that, that's, I think that's one of the things we've been missing. So I think coming up, maybe, maybe this fall when things start getting back to normal and, uh, you know, the, the corporate wheels start getting greased again with some retail sales. I think you'll see some, some R and D on some great products that, that people, you know, it came to them when they were sitting in the woods this spring. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, because of the COVID crisis, uh, the U.S. Open Bow Fishing Championship, which was supposed to be held in April, and of course, John Paul Morris, the founder, I mean, I know you guys hated it. It just had to be postponed, and, you know, I've heard that uh, J.P.'s maybe trying to get that thing rescheduled uh, for a fall date, and of course, it's a huge event, and, uh, you know, this postponement then of the competition, it's given bow fishermen and just regular fishermen time to tune up their gear, their boats, and more. Some even buying a new bow fishing boat. Why don't you tell us about the tracker bow fishing boats that are out there available right now at Bass Pro Shops Cabela's? Yeah, you know, we've worked with tracker for the last five years, and, and those guys just continue every year to be the leader in the commercial bow fishing boat market. Um, they take uh, what JP brings to the table from being in the bow fishing world and they just put it into mass production, which is something no other company out there is doing. Uh, Tracker, you know, now they have the 2072 uh, bow fishing rig with the kicker motor, which, to my knowledge, is the only commercial, uh, commercially available bow fishing kicker rig that's out there. So there's no other place you can go in, um, walk into the dealership, pick up a turnkey bow fishing boat, sign the papers, and go put gas in it and go bow fishing. And they've really... Yeah. Uh, you know, jumped out front with that, and there's just a Cadillac of bow fishing boats right now that's on the market. You know, Chuck, with most, if not all, the major bow fishing events being shut down, uh, has that kept bow fishermen off the water? Are they still out there slinging arrows? For the most part, guys have been really hitting the water hard this year. Um, we've been very lucky across the South with very little closures um, as far as at the boat ramps. I know up north, They've actually shut down a lot of the boat ramps and uh, a lot of the fishing and bow fishing. But in the south, guys have been burning it up. You know, we've been seeing guys have great success. So that's a, that's another positive. You know, the guys have been out there having a good time and, and uh, enjoying the sport. Chuck, looking at, uh, you know, looking at this situation that, uh, you know, all of us as outdoorsmen, fishermen, hunters, you know, faced, uh, do you see any positive effects that uh, – have occurred during the shutdown? I mean, we talked about kids. We talked about innovation. Anything else that uh, just strikes you as uh, as being uh, a real positive thing out of this? I think, you know, personally for me, it's just the, the connection of, of realizing what's important. You know, we kind of had the same uh, litmus check for the outdoors back in the the big great depression of 2008 and 2009 where a lot of guys like myself you know we were we were working 14 hours a day and seven days a week and and you know it was we kind of got away from what was important and with this shutdown i think you know personally um that we got back to what was important you know his family and outdoors and 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 god and and everybody just kind of realized hey there's more to this uh this life out here than just chasing the almighty dollar and and people got out and actually spent some time outdoors and spent some time with their family that that they needed so that's that's the most positive thing i can see out of it yeah well i think you know it has brought families closer together and i want to think that is truly a silver lining i've mentioned that several times and you know just for them to be able to share the love of not just the outdoors but uh, of one another well, look, that's going to take us here to our final break of the show. And then uh, you're listening to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. And it's Rob Keck, and we will be right back. This is a public service announcement test from TakeMeFishing.org to determine if you need a fishing license and boat registration before heading out on the water. Let's begin. Are you a bear? Do you have a beak? Does your name rhyme with old beagle? Do you dart in front of cars? Here's a tough one. Do you have plumage? 
Do you rub your body against things to mark them? Do you have webbed feet? No, I mean like a... Were you hatched? Do you have fur? I'm not talking back here. Does your boat fly south for the winter with the other boats? Regardless of how you answered, you need to be licensed and registered because it helps local conservation efforts protect the very natural resources you enjoy boating and fishing in for generations to come. Do your part at TakeMeFishing.org. Back to Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World on Rural Radio, Sirius XM. And welcome back to our final segment of Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. We've been having a fun and we're in an enlightening visit with Chuck Belmore, the co-host of the award-winning television show, The Habit, which airs on Sportsman Channel. You know, Chuck, right before the break, uh, I mentioned I wanted to come back and, and talk about those folks that maybe have never bow fished. They've got time in their hands, and they want to give it a try. What would you recommend to them? Uh, first thing would be just get out and go to your local Bass Pro Shop or Cabela's um, and get the equipment. Uh, a lot of guys have old bows sitting around, you know, whether it be an old recurve or an old compound that they can use. Uh, and and go to the, the local archery shop there at your Bass Pro Shops. They're going to have everything you need. And a lot of those guys are very insightful on bow fishing. And they can actually point you in the right direction of what lakes are hot at what time um, and, and you know, what, what species and where to go. So that's really the first way to start if they don't have any idea of where to even go to try or what type of equipment that they might need. It's do they have a good to place to start? Yeah. Do they have to have a boat? No, sir. No, sir. You can wade. We actually have some new shows coming up showing us wading around here um, on some of this, you know, um, public water. And you know that is one of the misconceptions that that people think that you have to have a big fancy boat fishing boat. But no, that's how I started was wading around in the shallows during the spring. And honestly, it's one of the most exciting times of the year to get out there and, and actually learn how to do it. Yep, it is. Well, look, uh, you're in the TV business, the shutdown. What have you and John Paul and John Justice been doing to building your TV shows for you know the upcoming season? I tell you, you're absolutely right. It has been a challenge, you know, since we haven't been able to travel because a lot of the, the shows that we do, um, you know, turkey hunting's a lot better <laughs> in a lot more areas than the public land here around our homes. So uh, it's been really tough for us to, to scratch out a few shows this year on the turkey side, but we have. But uh, it's just, it's like everybody else. It's just hurry up and wait, um, just doing what we can. And, you know, we've really been leading a lot more to the online content. Um, and that's, you know, just kind of hammering on the social media with the short form content instead of the long form stuff. And people really seem to be enjoying it. They really do. We're having yeah. a good time doing it. Um, but I am ready for the get back to the normal, you know, and travel and, and go out and make a show. <laughs> well, as you just pointed out, you know, there's more and more people uh, moving to, to digital online youtube to to you know to see what's happening out there and you know with more of that content moving that way where do you see television in the next three to five years and maybe beyond but just just here in the next three to five what do you see well you know i tell i tell everybody listen to anything i tell you except financial advice (laughs) plumbing or or hunting i ain't gonna i'll shoot you straight but financially i might not tell you the right thing because i don't know but uh i wouldn't you know with television especially outdoor tv it seems like it is going the digital way um you know we've watched it the last five years just slowly start inching that way and 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 with this shutdown um, you know, you can see the indicators, um, just like with Netflix. You know, I think they added uh, 15 million new subscribers uh, the first month of the shutdown. And that just tells you that people aren't afraid to, you know, pull the plug and, and go look in, in non-traditional areas to get their fix for what, whether it be video or audio. And I'm sure you guys have seen a big spike as well because people are just super consuming the content, you know, um, yeah. we get we get uh, DMs and emails all the time of when you're when you guys putting out another show. You know, I sat down Sunday and and watched all 13 episodes from this year, and I'm like, holy cow, you know, that's a whole season for us. But people sit down and watch it in one day, and you know, where they used to have to wait every 
Sunday night at 8 o'clock for a new episode. Well, now they've got it at their fingertips. They can sit down and watch it from start to finish, and yeah. which is great. I, I, I love it that they do, but at the same time, you know, we can only make so much. So um, it's, it's, it's creating uh, a market. For, for everybody now, you know, and, and like I said, with the super consumption of it, um, it's going to be a changing world. Yeah. Well, with that spike in digital content consumption of both video and audio, you know, where this is, where are the subscribers uh, and what are they doing? I mean, t- tell me a little bit more about that. It's very yeah, intriguing we, way this movement has taken place. It is, you know, and, and what's great about it is, is I love change, you know, because if, if you're changing and you're fluid, you're never, you know, in the wrong spot because you never know really where you're going to end up. Um, and so I love it. The fact that this is not the traditional model. Um, you know, when, when the, I say the forefathers of outdoor TV, you know, Bill Dance, Roland Martin and Jimmy Houston, it's not that traditional one episode a week, um, that, that airs or the mutual of Omaha, you know, uh, nowadays it's, uh, it's a multifaceted, approach with with all the different social media platforms and um you know like with us we get a lot of traction on our instagram stories because people just want to kind of know well what's going on what's he doing today and they'll give you that they'll give you that 30 seconds to to two minutes of their time where they might not give you 30 minutes on sunday evening because they're sitting down and having dinner with their family because they've been at work all week but they'll give you that 30 minutes in, or they'll give you that 30 seconds in the break room or, you know, that minute while they're pumping gas to watch your, watch a little clip online. So, um, we're seeing that and, and seeing a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of growth in those areas. How about new markets? You see any new markets emerging out of all this change? Well, we, we have, you know, uh, we partnered up with Mossy Oak on the Mossy Oak Go app, and basically it's their digital platform. Um, and that is one of the things we've seen the most growth in uh, over the last 12 months. And it's just, uh, you know, something I would have never thought of, and those guys had the forethought to kind of push forward on it. But that is, that is the biggest thing we're seeing is, is platforms that house a lot of digital content that's at your fingertips that are that are geared towards the outdoors. And, you know, they've partnered up with you guys over at Bass Pro and, and doing a whole lot of fishing content, too. And that is one of the eye-opening things to me is how much these fishing guys watch. You know, mm-hmm. fishermen love... You know, every, you know, they're, they're different than us turkey hunters. We'll have one favorite <laughs> pot call that I'll never turn loose of, but these bass guys, they'll buy 15 lures, yep. all different colors, you know, yep. and, and they want to watch every video of every lure getting used and learn how to, to do it. So it's been yep. a eye opener for me just, just watching some of that content. Sure. Well, look, just down here to the last uh, 25 seconds, Chuck, how about a final thought you'd like to share with our listeners today? Well, uh, just hang in there. You know, I think we're about at the end of this crazy run, and I know all the guys out there suffering from turkey hunting depression. If you don't have anything that's getting you through it, get out and try bow fishing, and I promise you, you won't you won't never look back. But we're going to make it through all this stuff, and and if nothing else, we'll take away that more people are enjoying God's greatest gift outdoors. Hey, great words, Chuck. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for sharing your your bow hunting, your bow fishing, and turkey hunting wisdom. Good luck to you. God bless you. Well, folks, that's going to wrap it up right here today in Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World. I'm Rob Cack on behalf of Bass Pro Shops, where your adventure always starts right here. Thanks for answering the call. That call to preserving our rich hunting, fishing, and trapping heritage. We'll see you next week. This has been Bass Pro Shops Outdoor World, talking all things outdoors, brought to you by Bass Pro Shops, your outdoor leader. Join us next Saturday and every Saturday for more special guests and unique locations. 